Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. I am proud to have Caesar Trellis on the show. How are you tonight, Caesar? Hey, John. How's it going? Thanks for having me back on, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure once again to have you on. We are going to review uh, the season and just look ahead to the semifinal against Radio OKC. So let's start the chat of reviewing the season uh, in preseason, right? Uh, like last mm-hmm. season, uh, preseason was abroad. They were traveling and they were growing the brand. But mm-hmm. this past preseason, it was on U.S. soil for the whole slate of preseason matches. Was that a bit shocking to you? Did you like that or no? I, I really didn't like it because I feel like preseason was a chance for them to to grow their international foothold, which is you know what they kind of did in the previous seasons. But you know they they, they went they toured the West Coast, they toured Florida, and you know they did their tune ups. And um, to be honest, they they came out okay in the spring, you know, so it's not like preseason served them, you know, poorly. Um, they did what they had to do, you know, with some new acquisitions, they got to gel. So I still would have wished that they would have traveled internationally um, just to continue the international foothold that they've kind of created over the past couple of years. Do you think that was like a change of philosophy, like from last season, from uh, spending big on players and uh, traveling around because – it takes a toll on your players before you start your season. And now you get into the season and you didn't travel that much. You went to the West Coast, you went to Florida. And, yeah, so do you think it was a change yeah. of philosophy? I think, you know, from a player's perspective, I think you know, these are professionals, you know. And um, I, I think the, the players can handle the travel, um, particularly a club like this who, who fields a deep roster. You know, um, mm-hmm. they were going to be able to deal the – with the wear and tear of traveling. Um, I honestly think, <laughs> as has been the case with a lot this year, it just boiled down to the finances. You know, they didn't want to deal with the expense of going yeah. abroad. And um, Look, that's the path they chose. You know, Maybe they felt that they didn't have that big superstar that would draw internationally. Like last year they had Raul and Marco Senna, and they were internationally known. Whereas if you go pick a city in the, in the world... Yeah. Maybe they don't recognize the players currently on the roster, you know. So I think, from a financial point of view, to go um, through the expense that you know is entailed by traveling internationally to not really gain whatever attendance, merchandise sales abroad, mm-hmm. it didn't pay for them, you know. So I think that's why you saw them stay home. Um, again, I think their preseason this year served them well. I mean, they they came close to winning the spring, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, they they came on a right and they had. The spring, I guess, to kind of gel together, and 
you know, they're on the floor. I mean, they put it all together. So I, I think it panned out well. You know, panned out well. So yeah, like as a Cosmo supporter, you would hope, no matter what city you go to around the world, people would know your name and your brand and your club, right? But uh, absolutely. Yeah, but I think it was better staying home because you got to play MLS uh, talent with the Earthquakes, and you got to play. Uh, yeah, you got to play some quality sides. Uh, as well in preseason and in the off season, it was sort of uh, difficult to see who they were going to sign because you lost Marco Senna, you lost Raul. They both retired, and then now you got to try mm-hmm. to fill those shoes. And a lot of supporters were like, "Are we going to buy massive stars, or are we just going to buy some random players?" Uh, the Cosmos, mm-hmm. we got rid of Walter Estrepo because he wanted to go to the, to the Philadelphia Union, which was pretty shocking to see why he would want to go. Uh, to MLS, but he really didn't play for the union that much. He played for the reserve side, but that could be a different story yeah. for another day. Uh, uh, yeah. So we got Michael Hood on loan for the season, and then we signed Arietta, who is a great talent up front. Eric Calvillo, mm-hmm. who was the youngest uh, player that we signed in the offseason. Uh, the Venezuelan mm-hmm. duo, uh, Orozco, and uh, our leading goal scorer on the team, and for assists, Juan Arango. And we got Yasmani mm-hmm. Duke, and we had Gar- Gabriel Farfan on loan. And then, as we all know, uh, Farfan, he left and went to Miami FC. Michael Hood as well, and Hunter Freeman, uh, which was pretty shocking in the middle of the season. So during the offseason, what were your thoughts on those uh, transactions? Well, you know, if you if you looked around and, and you, you talked to some of the supporters, you know, they wanted a big name. I think Orango was the biggest name that we signed. But I think folks were still expecting someone of the Raul caliber. Um, and someone disappointed and maybe questioned, you know, is this enough? Is this enough? Particularly when you're going into the U.S. Open Cup. Um, you know, I think some would have, some supporters would have wanted more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, when you look from start to finish where this club is now, they look good right now. You know, I mean, they they, they found the players that, are, you know, kind of gel together and, and, and supporters will always tell you you credit Gio for that you know I mean he can almost take any player out there any caliber and and somehow manage to make the team gel together you know I Mm -hmm. mean um, losing guys like Hunter Freeman and you didn't even mention Leo Fernandez I mean he was a Mm -hmm. huge fan favorite he he didn't come back this year you know there were some pieces that we missed right off the bat obviously Raul and Marco Senna and you know there were guys including Restrepo like you mentioned that were big parts of last year's championship team you know and when you took a look at this year's roster going into the season, you were like, how are we going to do this? You know? yeah. mm-hmm. um, but slowly, you know, you started piecing things together. The Open Cup, heck, man, right up until the 70th minute when you're up 3-1, you were still looking good, you know, and you felt good. But um, obviously the Open Cup didn't play out the way it was. But the fall has, you know, and they've really come on strong. And a lot of those guys that we acquired, you know, you know, Arietta, like you said, has has really come into his own. Um, uh, Orozco, man, he's been on fire. And obviously, Orango, he's just, every time he steps up for a free kick, you just, <laughs> you just yeah. have a sense it's going to go in. Yeah, you know? you're like, so, that's going to be a goal. Um, that's going to be a goal. Yeah. It's going to be a goal. Yeah, yeah. rightfully so. He's, he's proven himself. And then you got guys like Bovera who, you know, have come in from, you know, the B team last year and taken a starting role. And, you know, up front, you look good. You look very good, you know. So, um, yeah, I think from from start of the year till now, 
Um, there were questions at the beginning, but again, going back to Gio, he just he just knows how to construct a team. Um, and credit his coaches too, because I think we give Gio all the credit in the world. But he's got a staff that has stood by him, you know, now for the better part of three years, and they're working well together. And they always put a winning team on the on the pitch. You know, so yeah, talking about Gio, right, Caesar? Uh, there's tons of people mm-hmm. on Twitter and like, oh, when is he gonna move on? When is he gonna go do a uh, a new challenge? But he's mm-hmm. being successful with the Cosmos. Why would you go to an MLS club? Someone on Twitter saying, oh, he could be the next Minnesota United manager. But he feels a connection with the Cosmos. You know what I mean? He feels a connection with this, this club, and he still has a lot more to do. It's a massive project. As a supporter, I don't want to see him leave. But if he does, who do you bring in to, to replace Gio? Now, I mean, like you said, you know, this this is this is his piece in a big project. So um, I, I don't think it's something that you can even fathom at this point who to bring in. I couldn't even put someone in his shoes because, you know, he's, you know, he he, he preaches a lot about family and this is yeah. a project and this is a movement. You know, it's, it's not BS, you know, because, you know, any manager can come in and try to coach a team, you know, and, 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 and pick players. But like I said before, Gio has a knack for picking the right players. To, to kind of piece the puzzle together, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. defensively, we, we looked shot this year, you know, um, when we lost uh, some key, you know, players and when Reverse went down and he's gone out and acquired some guys. And, and defensively, I mean, we hardly give up any goals, you know. So he knows what he's doing. Um, I My expectation isn't that he isn't going anywhere anytime soon. If he does, it's not Minnesota United. I don't even think it's an MLS team. I think he's going. He's going big. He's going. He's going national to team. another to a national team or maybe international. You know, which I think he deserves. You know, but um, that's just me personally. As a, as a Cosmos, you know, thinking that way. As a Cosmos supporter, I don't want him to go anywhere. I don't think he will because I think he has a lot vested in this project. Um, and I think he wants to see. I, I think he wants to see it go far. You know, much yeah. further. Um, but you know. <laughs> I don't mean to go into this aspect of things, but in order for for the project to get there, I think he needs a little bit more help from from his front office and from the folks at the helm, you know, that are calling the shots day to day, you know, because um, I don't know where we would be as a club if it wasn't for Gio and the players and what they put on the field. I mean, they're just they've been phenomenal, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, but he needs some he needs some help, you know. He needs some help, you know, trying to you know, get the team off the ground, market the club, and and, and get the players that will put people in the seats on this team, you know? Yeah, it's one thing winning trophies, and uh, you, you can win, like, 20 trophies, but no one's going to know that you're here and know that you're successful. Uh, and, yeah. like, what hurts me the most about the marketing and just behind the scenes, like, the front office is, back in the day, you were filling up giant stadium, like 80,000 people. And mm-hmm. today you have, I don't know, like, on a normal day, you have, like, 5,000, 6,000. So I don't know. That's my concern is that you're losing out on those fans that knew about the team from back in the day, and not not just those old guys, their kids as well. You know, like the whole family knew about the Cosmos, and that was a tradition. So like I feel that we're not reaching those fans from back in the day. No, I, I would agree with you 100. percent I mean, each day that passes by, you know, in, in the in the New York soccer landscape, I mean, it's sad to say though, but we are losing ground. You know, yeah. what I mean, the branch uh, is going the down the drain. Saving, 
Yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, the only the only saving grace that we do have is is like I continue to say, is Gio and the players. I mean, you know, they've proven time and time again that they could go right up against you know MLS clubs and and compete for um, you know being the best club in, in in North America. You know, the sad part is is that you only get one opportunity to do it in the mm-hmm. Open Cup, and the minute you lose one game, you lose your shot to prove yourself. You know, I mean. Whereas you've got these guys over in the other league that, you know, they go in and they have a whole season to, to peak, you know, it's, 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 it, it hurts as a fantasy that, you know, but look, those are the cards that we were dealt and, and, and this is what we're dealing with. But um, given that, I, I feel like our front office should try a little bit harder, you know, much harder than what those other guys do. But as you, you and I know that, that, that hasn't seemed to play itself out and, the last couple of months, like I said, every day that passes by, we just lose more and more traction. Um, the least we know about our future, it stinks, you know, and and that's going to hurt if it already hasn't done enough damage to try to attract bigger players to come over here. You know, I mean, we we signed uh, Nico Cranchard at the beginning of this year, and unfortunately we lost him to, you know, the Rangers, you yeah. know, which who knows? If you were filling up that stadium in the spring, you know, and – Maybe he changes his mind. You know, maybe you have more money in your pot, in your coffers to to offer him to stay for the for the full season, and 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 maybe things start to change. You know, but if if you don't start bringing in this this higher caliber talent, you're not going to get the fans that you drew back in the 1970s and 1980s that you spoke of, um, and the cycle just won't come come about again. You know, because that's that's how it went down back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, so you start with a couple of big name players, the fans start showing up, and boom, it just Part of that is also the stadium, as you know, which God only knows where we are with that. But it's just a bad mix this year of bad news, you know. And um, at least we have the the postseason right here. And uh, all we can do is build on that right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Talking about the stadium, like each day just goes on concerns. I don't know what's going on. Caesar doesn't know what's going on. All the fans don't know what's going on. So that's what's just making me a bit upset. Uh, I, I don't know. They should have probably moved on, right, a couple of months ago. Do you think they should have moved well, on or no? That's, that, of course. I mean, that's kind of our frustration with um, the front office is that they never had a plan B. And, you know, now here you are. You know, you, you've, you've pretty much got no answer from the Empire State Development Committee. And you're seeing politicians in Long Island fall left and right to corruption. So some of them were your biggest supporters. In his recent interview with CBS, uh, with some sports guy on the news, uh, he was being interviewed about the project and all that. And the last two questions that he asked Eric Stover was, uh, what do you do next? And he says, we have to cut bait soon. He says, waiting here has lost us sponsors and just lost them everything as a club. And then the guy said, is this the end of the cosmos? And he said, no, it's not the end of the cosmos. Uh, we have to find a new short-term home and then look towards the long-term. But my issue is you can't just find a random short-term home. That home has to have sort of uh, something for the future. So say maybe you're moving to Brooklyn, right? The Brooklyn Borough president says, we want a soccer-specific stadium, and he came out and said that. So maybe you play at MCU Park, and then down the line, maybe you talk to the borough president, and you find a piece of land, and then you build your stadium. 
that has to happen, not just playing, for example, at Belson Stadium when they're moving to, I don't know, Long uh, New Jersey or whatever. I think there has to be some type of plan in place, which is not there right now. No, no, I agree. I mean, look, temporarily, I mean, you um, you could play anywhere, right? Whether it's MCU, whether it's you know, Belson or wherever, but they have to have a plan B soon in terms of a permanent home. Because even if you pick a, a permanent home tomorrow, you're still three years away from playing your first master. Yeah. And that's just three more seasons that you got to play in a temporary home and potentially go through the same thing that we went through this year. Yeah, and, and you're losing fans as well. You're going to lose fans. You're going to get brand new fans as well. And you're going to feel like a brand new club for three more years, even though you've won right, exactly. trophies and and you've been around for the past, what, four years, five years? So That's correct. Yep. I don't know. It's uh, You support the team. You put all your passion into the club, and then – the front office and the people that are supposed to care about the club just don't care about it um, yeah, as I mean, much you know, as you do. You'd like to think that they do care about it, but sometimes you have to wonder and question, are the right people who are cut out for the job in charge there? Probably not. Right, probably not. <laughs> I'm not in their offices. I don't know what they do, to be honest with you, but I really don't think so. Uh, because Look, I mean, you know, just... You've seen this year almost the entire front office turnover. You, know, you had a different head of ticket sales, head of marketing, head of PR, and it got worse, <laughs> which, which tells me you probably didn't pick the right folks. Yeah, you're spot on, Caesar. Like everything you say, you're, you're, you're spot on. Uh yeah, so let's move the chat. But I can't even yeah. blame the, the, the people that are doing that job for that. I question the people that hire them. Yeah, the people at the top are to blame. So Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, let's just touch on Seamus O'Brien, right? So we haven't heard about him mm-hmm. at all. If you own a club, like say, Caesar, you own the Cosmos, right? And you were mm-hmm. just traveling around the world, whatever, doing your own business, working with a network called One World Sports, and you're doing business with that mm-hmm. and so on. Uh, wouldn't you care about your historic soccer club or no? I mean, of course. I mean, but I think one of the things, and I'm not making excuses for the guy, but you know, you always you always hear that he doesn't really speak until he has something to say. And clearly you haven't heard from him because they haven't had a damn thing to say all season. <laughs> yeah. But the whole part about about a sports team, right, is communicating with your fans, right? They're like in any business, they they would die for loyal fans. And with any sports team, you have loyal fans, so try to keep those fans around. Uh, which, like, do you see some fans that are that were Cosmo season ticket holders, but became like NYCFC season ticket holders for some reason or another? Uh, but uh, it's not our problem to concern about, right? Have I? Are you asking me? Have I seen fans that have switched? No, no, no. Like I've seen fans like via social media that said that they were Cosmos fans, but now they're not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, there's there's just always been people that jump the bandwagon, you know. Um, but from a supporter's point of view, uh, we just say we wish them well and say good luck and don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let's move the conversation back to on the pitch. Uh, in early February 2016, uh, the Cosmos announced during preseason that they had Nico Kronjar training with the team. And uh, it was pretty exciting just to hear that, that he was training. And then later on, they said that they signed him, which was pretty exciting as well. But just for a spring season contract, which was like, what? You're signing a player of that uh, level just for 10 games? But the problem was because they didn't know how he would play. Uh, is he fit enough? Uh, whatever concern they had. Uh, and then he really overperformed. Uh, I think he scored one goal. I think it was a penalty against Indy 11 away. Uh, yep. But nevertheless, he was a playmaker, and he just felt like a ma- uh, a massive difference in the midfield, right? And mm-hmm. then at the end of the spring season, you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to bring him around because he really felt like the person that cared about the team, and he really liked New York as well. And then uh, there was rumors that he's going to Rangers FC, and then he ended up going. But then the problem was that Eric Stover said that we had an offer on the table. But then again... Maybe if the Cosmos were offering as much money as Rangers FC were, they probably weren't. But if they were, they still would have lost them. Because how can you compare the uh, second division in the United States to Europe? I I would agree with that. And you're comparing different leagues like that. You know, I mean, it does make a difference to play in a higher profile league, most likely in front of more fans, you know, but... Uh, again, I, I still think if you would have drew more people in the spring, yeah, maybe you had a shot to make a more competitive offer. Yeah, talking you know, about and maybe yeah. the, the the allure of of playing in front of more fans in a town that you like versus playing in a more higher profile league, maybe makes you change your mind considering New York. Who knows? Yeah, if I remember well, I think. Tina Cervasio did an interview with uh, Nico Kronjar, and she claimed that he was um, uh, the best player in North America, which at the time he was. I think this mm-hmm. in- interview was for like Fox News because she works for them somehow. Uh, she works everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does for sure. Uh, but she's cool and all that. She covers the Cosmos mm-hmm. for One World Sports. And um, he was saying that – I think he said something like he hopes – that more people can come out and see the games or something like that. So he was probably watching as well. And the last game of the season that he played, he was hurt or he left the match with an injury. It probably wasn't an injury, to be honest with you. (laughs) They they probably wanted to save him for Rangers, most likely. Uh, But that was uh, Croatian Heritage Night. So, like, all his people were there uh, Mm -hmm. supporting him. And and they look really excited to see him, but they probably never came back because he's not here anymore. So that that was really sad to see. But nevertheless, we started the season at home, two home matches against the Outdoor Fury. We knocked them off the park. Jacksonville knocked them off the park as well. Uh, but the one thing about these two matches were it was really cold in April, and we haven't been drawing a lot of people in the first couple of matches. Uh, the front office on Twitter, like numerous people that work for the club, uh, were making excuses and saying it was really cold. That's why we're not getting people to the stadium or not getting as many people as they thought they would. But with some sports, it doesn't matter if it's like hailing people are at the stadium. You know what I mean? Like, 
and right. I'm comparing the NFL to the NASL, which had never happened. But uh, yeah, in the NFL, you're in like the freezing cold, and you're in April saying that we can't get people to the matches, which should be the most exciting time of the season because it's brand new players. You can see the brand new jerseys. You can just see the team for the first time this season. No, it's true. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, you would think that's the case, but I think, you know, you have to go back and look at what exactly the fan base consists of when you, when you talk about the cosmos, you, I think you're, you're looking at a lot of youth organizations, yeah, their families and whatnot. It's, it's not a, a true, it, it, it's, it's not comprised of passionate fans who come in week in, week out. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The supporters are there. Yeah. yeah. There's only like a select fans that are say diehard fans slash season ticket holders. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and those are the people that you refer to when you describe a football crowd, an American football crowd. You know, yeah. there's, there's guys that are on waiting lists to get Jets and Giants season tickets. So there's plenty of people that want to come out in January and December and freezing temperatures and, and sit there. You know, yeah, you don't quite have that for the for the Cosmos or any anyone else in the NASL. But do you think so. that's a problem with the club? Is do you think they hand out free tickets to those U teams? And that's I, how I they... wouldn't be surprised if they do. I mean, I've. I know of a couple of youth clubs that have gotten free tickets, so I'm sure it goes on. But I think something like that goes on with every soccer club in, in North America, whether you're talking about MLS or NASL. Yeah, so, I, mean, it's something I think that happens. it's a... I think you have to spread the word you know, to yeah. youth clubs and, and what better way to do it than to give out tickets. Yeah, but you can hand out tickets to everyone. But the whole point of doing that is so they can come back and buy more tickets. And oh sure, yeah. But are they doing that? Probably not. You know what I mean? Because why would you come back if you didn't enjoy yourself? I think if you look at a lot of these youth clubs, you know, the kids and their families, I think they have a good time. I mean, if you go to a Cosmos game, if you're a, you know, a, a kid who's growing up on soccer, I think you come, you're up close to the players. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're seeing good action. You know, you're having a good time. You know. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the only level to buy those tickets and come back. Yeah, there's some fans also that uh, come to the game and they expect a lot more than they thought they would get. You know what I mean? Like they go to the game and they think like they're going to like MetLife Stadium or something, and then they go there and they're like, "Well, I didn't enjoy myself. The match they experienced wasn't great," and so on. I think a lot of fans should just go support their local team, no matter where they're playing, no matter what's going on. You have local soccer in your backyard. You should appreciate that. You should go support that. But I think a lot of people say, well, this is not MLS. This is maybe a minor league or, or whatever. But go support that team and have a, a great day or night or whatever out. Have some fun. I, I don't think a lot of people in the area do that. They just see different, like, well, that's not NYCFC. Well, maybe we're not, but we're more connected as a fan base, you would want to think, right, than a massive club as a Red Bull or an NYCFC. Yeah, and that's one of the things I always say about, you know, the five points is, you know, people say, oh, why the five points, you know? And I'm like, well, it's different, you know? I mean, for us, you know, we have a lot more access to the club. 
Um, it's more grassroots, you know, than anywhere else. You know, a lot of the things that we get to do with the players, with the front office, within ourselves, you know, you don't even get to experience half of that with the other supporters groups or, or clubs in the United States. So um, I think you're right. People should embrace the whole local club factor. Um, and hopefully that changes when, you know, we move somewhere else to the next stadium because it looks like it hasn't really happened in Long Island. I mean, we've gotten a nice little core of, of soccer fans there, but maybe that base just isn't there. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've always had this thing about Long Island sports. You know, it's just teams never succeed there. But why would it? Maybe it's just Long Island. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> but, if, um, if you're the Cosmos, sort of knowing that, wouldn't you go in there and I, saying, well, we're not going to be successful. Why don't we go play in Brooklyn? Or why don't we go play somewhere else? No, I agree. Look, I mean, from from a supporter's perspective, I mean, we're excited to move out of Hofstra because wherever we end up, it's a new beginning. You know, unless it's like Mitchell Field across the street from Hofstra, <laughs> then this is a brand new start for us. You know, you get to pitch to a new base, wherever it is, whether it's in Queens, Brooklyn, fill in the blank. You know, it's a new population to preach to, and hopefully the front office does the right thing. They get the marketing out there. They they look for the soccer fans that exist in these neighborhoods and bring them out. Give them a better experience than they gave the fans in Hofstra. And you slowly start to build the base, you know, the way it should be. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So from a supporter's point of view, you know, we're hoping that, obviously, you know, people can see what we bring to the stadium. Because just because we're leaving Hofstra doesn't mean that things are going to change. We're going to keep on doing the same thing. We're hoping to get bigger, hungrier, more passionate. And I think, you know, people will already agree that we bring atmosphere to the match today, and that's just going to continue wherever we end up. Yeah, you guys get bigger. You guys bring the noise every single day. I remember when uh, we played NYCFC, right? And I was sort of mm-hmm. sitting, like, right next to you guys in a way. And uh, mm-hmm. I was sitting behind Sunil Galati. I remember you were like, is that Sunil? I was like, yeah, yes, Caesar. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I want to talk to him, but I don't know why I didn't. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. A lot of people on social media were like, I don't hear the five points. Or, or no, no, not I don't hear them. I think I don't see them or something like that. Uh, so people right. wanted to see you via social media and all that. So, yeah, you guys do bring the noise and all that. And what was funny about that match was that, like, uh, they were over securing your section uh, mm-hmm. at that match. And they had so much like rules for you guys, but they weren't sort of protecting their own fans in a way. You know, you know what I mean? Like, that's probably Are you talking about the NYCFC fans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just move on from that and talk about the first road trip of the season um, in 11 away, which was a fun road trip. Uh, and we got our first loss of the season. And that night, you sort of experienced that we will never be great on the road ever again. Uh, and then you go to Minnesota the following week, and you lose because Christian Ramirez wants to score a late winner, right? And we lost six points yeah, on, road, on a two-game road trip. Yeah. The road was tough, you know, all year until recently. You know, was, uh, we found out winning form the last few games. But um, I, I guess it's better late than never. Yeah. When you look back on the season and you see the sort of points dropped on the road, it's not that massive. At the time, it was like, 
how are we losing these games on the road? Like, what's wrong with our team? But when you look back and you're like, we only dropped like X amount of points, you're like, that's okay. Some teams do lose their pace sometimes. You know what it is? It's that it was offset by just dominance at home. Yeah. So, you know, you didn't lose that many points when you think about it in the standings, but it was just every away game you lost. So you had yeah. that in your head that we just can't win on the road. But you didn't lose that much in the standings because you won every home game. Yeah, at home, we're just like a different animal. We know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, uh, imagine, Caesar, if next season we just replicate our home form or keep our home form and uh, replicate that to the road, we would be undefeated for the whole season. That would be massive. Well, and yeah. win the Open it, Cup it as well. Yeah, it would be a one-team <laughs> league like like Italy. So, uh, but yeah, only it could have that problem. <laughs> well, some people think you we know do. What? I'll, I'll flip that a bit. Okay. And and I hope is I'm not a you know a Debbie Downer or anything on this, but everyone talks about how they want to leave Hofstra. Okay. Look at your record at Hofstra this year. <laughs> In a way, it kills me that we're going to leave at home that we've done this well at. But don't you think no matter where we go... That... Yeah? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, okay. I was saying, don't you think it, it doesn't matter where we go because at MCU, we played really well? I think... Yeah, we... Yeah, well, we we were behind there, against the strikers. something to be said yeah. about the way they play at Hofstra. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter who they play. They just play well. And the players are clearly comfortable there. And I just only hope that they can get just as comfortable wherever we call home next year. Well, hopefully. Because if we don't, man, we are going to be missing house stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like the team always preaches, like, we need to play on real grass. Hopefully the next home is some type of real grass surface, not turf and so on. Uh, but that probably won't happen until we, we build our own stadium. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, everywhere that you've they've talked about, they talk about that turf that they're going to put down, so it doesn't sound like it's going to be grass. Yeah, next field. Like, Ray OKC, that sounds like a failure. Like, I remember someone was telling me how they put it together, like they screw it together and all that. It doesn't sound, mm-hmm. number one, safe, and it doesn't sound cool at all. It just looks like a massive carpet. Like, Hofstra turf right. looks way better than that one by a mile. Yeah. But uh, maybe we can yeah. be wrong when they put it down in wherever they play next season. Uh, we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing about like the uh, Hofstra, uh, Eric Stover. I forgot this probably had to be a while ago. I forgot what interview he did it with, um, and he said we have lost a lot of players, most likely probably high caliber players, because we don't have our own stadium. Uh, so sure. When I heard that, I was like, who did we miss out on? Messi? You know what I mean? Like, who did we actually right. miss out on? Like, Toti? Like, remember when he was linked to the club? I don't know how. Mm-hmm. If we can't offer anything to Kronjar, right, to, to keep him around, how are we going to pull a guy from Roma that has been there his whole career? It's crazy. Well, you know, if, 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 you, if you offer someone, this is where we play now, Hofstra. But next year we're going to open up a stadium here that's got the Emirates name on it, full grass, soccer-specific, stay-in-the-art, 
and they know that's within sight in the near future, yeah, maybe they could look past the current conditions. Do you think that do that? Yeah. Do you think like that's how we got Raul and Marco Senna on board because they probably persuaded them the project, right? They talked about we're going to do this, we're going to move here, we're going to have this, right? And they probably sold yeah, that. At the time, you probably could have told them, you know, it's going to get approved, it's going to get approved. But what you have now is three years of, I don't want to call them lies, but when you were telling people that the stadium was going to get approved and it's not, and you don't have a plan B, why would I come? Yeah. That's probably where Raul left. I really don't know why he didn't play uh, a couple more seasons, but that's probably why. They yeah. probably told him, he's you're going to play on guy, turf. Right? Yeah. He's playing on turf. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I yeah. give it to him. One thing I do give to him is, you know, he played every week on that turf. And at his age, that's not easy to do. Yeah, and I really like what he said in, like, his first press conference. He said, like, you know how some players come out and say, I'm going to promise you this, I'm going to promise you this. He just said, I'm just going to see how I can go with my body. He said, I can give you a year, two years, three years. And mm-hmm. he made mm-hmm. a promise, and he gave us a year, and we won a trophy. What can we complain about? You know what I mean? We can't hate right. on Raul. He gave us what he said. He played a year, played mm-hmm. well, and we won the championship. So, no Yeah, one... I mean, on the field, he did what he had to do. You know, as, <laughs> as a supporter, we, we kind of had our reservations about him. You know, he we always tend to measure a player to a certain degree as to how you respond and interact with the five points. You know, but, hey, look, we get it. He's a superstar, you know, everyone knows him. So maybe the interaction wasn't there, but on the field, he did what he had to do. Yeah, when you come I from a... that away from him. Yeah, when you come from a massive club like Real Madrid, he went to Schalke, and then he went to some uh, team in Qatar, I believe. Uh you don't know how it feels to play for a, like a smaller club. You're not right. having like fifty thousand people fill up a stadium. You're having like maybe mm-hmm. eight thousand people or five thousand people, and that's different because now you need to talk to everyone. Now, now you, they want your sure. autograph, and they're more approachable now. But before, you probably had like your bodyguards and, and and security, and no one can touch you, no one can talk to you. But at the Cosmos, you don't have any of that. So. Maybe that's what he didn't like about the team. But what was pretty cool and probably what you can sell to a lot of people is when you come here, no one's going to know who you are. <laughs> so you can be like the best player in the world, except like Ronaldo and Messi. But uh, the or probably some people don't, don't know who they are. <laughs> That'd be shocking. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, a lot of yeah. players come here and, you know, soccer players and they mingle in New York City. Yeah, and unless you're like a diehard soccer fan, most people won't know who you are. Yeah, I remember when I was going to the Under Armour store in Soho uh, for the Cosmos kit launch, and I saw two U.S. Women's National Team players just walking across the street, and I was yeah. like, "What the hell? Yeah. They're just walking yeah. across the street like that, and they won a World Cup." But you know, the other thing too is is New York City is so fast paced. You know, and yeah. many people on their phones are looking down, they're rushing here, they're rushing there, and they're not looking at the person next to them. Yeah, it's it's shocking because, like, you can do everything within your career and just no one's going to know about you. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right. 
it's weird. It's really weird. Uh, that, let's move on to review. Uh, in May, this was shocking as well. Uh, right, right smack in the middle of the season, the Cosmos announced that they're playing Ibar, La Liga outfit. And it was midweek, and we were in the hunt for the spring season. And the following week, we had an open cup match. So the club sort of put their priorities to the side and said, no, we're going to play a friendly <laughs> right in the middle of our season. I thought that was totally wrong. But if you look at it from the, another point, other players that were not getting minutes got a chance to play to prove themselves. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I didn't see that match. <laughs> it was on being um, sports. And I, I never went back to replay it. Um, but I think they did that because it was a cheap way to market their team, being that they didn't get to go overseas at preseason like you spoke about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got some exposure yeah. to La Liga fans. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like at the same time they got some of the players that maybe hadn't played into some matches, get some minutes. Yeah, yeah. And that game was played in Las Vegas, and it was on being sports. So that was the only time this season that the Cosmos were on national TV. And that's sad. Let's right. get into that right now because the Cosmos – own One World Sports, or Shameless O'Brien owns One World Sports, and we're sort of uh, partnered with them in a way, which is great. I, I like a club that wants to take risks and wants to do it on their own, not like, okay, we're going to be on this network. I like that, but mm-hmm. you don't go to a pub and say, put on One World Sports. No one's going to you know, know what you're talking well, about. Soon you will be able to. Before you couldn't even do that, you know? Yeah, now they're on what, like Dish Network or I mean, no. Dish... Exactly. Yeah. But to your point, do people actually or will people actually be doing that? No. Right? No. Yeah, so that's why my sort of theory for next season should be you can show all your matches on One World Sports. Do whatever you want with the One World Sports. But also show you matches somewhere else live as well. Like uh, I think it was like the first season, no, probably the second season, they were on SNY, the home of all things New York sports. And I think it was the first season. First season, okay. Yep. And it was on a tape delay, then, I believe. It was on a yeah. Tape delay, exactly. Yep. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe that was good because you were sort of on some type of mainstream New York channel, even though it wasn't live. Right. But. Uh, Maybe like NBCSN, maybe, but the league probably has to work something out with them. But like some type of like local channel where a lot of people watch, a lot of people uh, just know about. Okay, put this channel on and you can watch the Cosmos. That's the only way you're going to grow sort of uh, the Cosmos within the local area in a second is because those people are going to be talking about it, say on the news and, and commercials and everything. Yeah, no, it's, it's on, I agree with you 100%. I mean, if you look on a whole, the NASL has more exposure mm-hmm. for all the other teams except the Cosmos than most MLS teams have. Yeah, and you don't even have to go on like a local channel if they don't want to. The league already has right. partners with BN Sports, uh, CBS Sports right. Network, and the Cosmos are just like, no, we don't want to be a part of that. We're part of One World Sports. But BN Sports yeah. and CBS Sports Network are more accessible and people know about it more than One World Sports. It's crazy. Yeah, hopefully it changes. You know, hopefully they make you know some progress in, in terms of that in the offseason. 
I really hope so, Caesar. I really hope so. Because yeah. I remember Eric Stover said that uh, we're like an exclusive agreement with, with One World Sports. And that makes it sound like that they're not going anywhere. But hopefully it changes. Hopefully they can see the the big picture. Uh, hopefully they could. Well, I'm just, I'm just getting, you know, hearing you say a lot, Miss Cole. Eric Stover said, Eric Stover said, <laughs> a lot of it hasn't happened. I know, man. I know. I just want to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Stover, if you're listening to this, you can email me, please. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the most shocking thing as well that happened was uh, later in May, Michael LaHood, which was really sad because I sort of got to know him a bit and all that and got to talk to him. And, and he was a fan favorite as well, Caesar. Uh he got oh, re- yeah, no question. I mean, um, yeah, he the, got the, the five points did a uh, their annual Player of the Year awards, and we we asked for a lot of the new players that had signed at the time to come down to that, mm-hmm. and he came in and, and mixed in right away with the supporters and became a fan favorite right away. Yeah, and it was uh, it was it was a shame to see him go so soon. Yeah, the union just randomly recall him, right? And you're thinking, okay, yeah, they're going to use him because they see that he's a quality player and he's going to uh, uh, bring some great experience to the union. But no, an MLS team just wants to mess with a NASL side. That's what they want you to believe. And they just oh, yeah. sell him to Miami I mean, FC. that was all Miami's doing. Yeah, Miami yeah, FC. They, they, they collaborated that. They paid like $300,000 for him. That was some big money for Michael Hood. But we didn't get any of it at all. It's crazy. No, I mean, it's Miami's got some bucks. You know, They offered Mike LaHood some money, Hunter Freeman as well. Yeah, bumper and pay. they shown players the money. You know? Yeah. Well, like, can you blame them? You know what I mean? Like, say, for example, if you're going to pay like $100,000 with the Cosmos for the season – and then Miami FC says, okay, Mike, we're going to offer you like $600,000 a season. I'd be like, okay, cool. Let me go to Miami tomorrow. No. Look, they're offers that they can't refuse. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, in retrospect, you can't blame them. Yeah. Like, you can't blame Mike LaHood. You can't blame everyone that went to Miami FC. I can't even blame Nico Kronjar as well for leaving. Better offers, better opportunities. And yeah. Nico is older as well, so... Are you just going to sit in New York and say, well, okay, I'm just going to self-relegate myself? Or are you just going to go to, uh, to uh, I forgot where he went. Oh, he went to Scotland. And uh, is, oh, he's hurt too. He's out for the season with, I think, a leg injury. Who's that? Nico Kronjar. So, oh, yeah. It's sad to see. And I think they reported that they thought that he was done for his whole career. But then they said, oh, no, he's not. Huh. He's just for the season. So, Maybe they have to get better doctors in Scotland or something like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and then in the Open Cup, the Cosmos defeated the Jersey Express. I think we played them one more time last season, I believe, uh, and we beat them two nothing, which was pretty cool. Yes, that that game was at Belson Stadium, so uh, just remember that one. And then it set up the Derby against NYCFC, the most epic match at Fordham University, which was probably our first and last time that we we're going to go there. Uh, and then mm-hmm. on the final match day of the spring season, the Cosmos had to beat the Fort Lauderdale Strikers to win the spring season. But guess what happens? We're playing on the road, Caesar, and we lose that match. Mm-hmm. And I think the Strikers yeah, made tough. history. 
it was their first time beating the Cosmos in a while. So yeah. that's pretty cool yep. for them. They probably got so hype and they th- they thought they won the league and all that. <laughs> because I think after that match, they were like so excited that they knocked off the Cosmos for the spring season. And on that day, Indy 11 scored like four goals against Carolina. And they made it look so easy. Like I can't even do that in FIFA. And um, yeah, they knocked off Carolina and they won the spring I still season. I think that was fixed. It yeah, it really I mean, was. If you would have asked me, yeah, if that was going to happen, I was like, no way. Yeah. And then you slowly see it go down. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. Yeah, match fixing. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I go on record by saying it. But in that first match when we played in eleven, you you didn't see the end of the match, did you or no? Of which match? Sorry, the indie match away. <laughs> we didn't see the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mean live. I just mean like, did you ever get to see the end of it, or you just saw the final score? Um, I think I did once I got home from the road trip. Okay. You know, we kind of, you know, watched it tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, but, we're losing, um, or we're winning. Yeah, it was. It, it was tough to watch. I wasn't there. It was. I was there, just going through all this pain, sitting with other Indy Eleven supporters wearing my Cosmo shirt. So. I was so happy I didn't get beat up or whatever. Well, I mean, they're not that harsh. It's not like going to like a different stadium and like you're wearing like an NYCFC shirt or something like that. But um, yeah, it, it was just sad to see us go down. But what I was trying to say was that uh, when we lost that game, did you expect Indy 11 to put some type of streak together and win the spring season? Look, I still say that Indy plays the toughest. Yeah, and if I'm looking for anyone in this final, I want to play Indy at uh, Belson Stadium. We're gonna whip you guys like no tomorrow. Right, five nothing. I mean, if there's there's a final that you want to see, I want to see Cosmos versus Indy Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Eddies as well because they beat us at at, uh, at Clark Stadium. So sure, but to me, I don't know. There's there's a rivalry there already. I want Indy Eleven. Okay, so Caesar thinks he wants Indy 11 versus Cosmos. That will be massive. That really will. But we have to get past yeah, Radio KC first. for some of Indy's supporters to come to New York. <laughs> oh, my God. That will be massive. And talking about supporters, right? <laughs> Do you remember, I don't know, were you at the game against Miami FC or no? Um, I was not. No. Okay. I had a family function that day, unfortunately. Okay. I, I, I did hear that they bought about 15, 20 supporters. Yeah. Did you hear anything else or no? That's what I heard. Okay, so like late in the second half, you you just see like this, like all this smoke coming, right? So I'm like, what's that? And they're losing by like so much. Something about that, and I I fully expect that in the Cosmos front office. And again, I I can't really say what I saw because I wasn't there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, three sides to every story. Well, I'm telling you my story right here. Yeah. (laughs) But if there was, in fact, smoke. Yeah, they lit a flare. They lit a handful of flares. Yeah, you see? Sorry. And I fully expect the Cosmos front office to come out and expect action against them. As you know, other teams have taken against us. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That's what I'm going to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Miami FC, they came, (laughs) they lit a couple of flares. And, uh, yeah, I think they got kicked out. I'm not pretty sure. I mean, like, I wanted to just 
sort of talk to them. I'm not pretty sure. But uh, by the end of the game, they were gone. Well, I think they were gone because the Hofstra kind guards. Of on their part. Yeah, like because why do you come to Hofstra? You're down just, for nothing. Yeah, why do you let a flare? What's wrong with you? I, I don't care if you're light, if your team is winning, if your team scores a goal. Your team didn't even score a goal. <laughs> but maybe they they were excited that they got to New York or something. <laughs> they were excited that, maybe they, that they made it. I yeah. remember a, a team in the Open Cup that in the 90th minute also lit a flare and their team hadn't scored a goal either. <laughs> Calling them out, Caesar. That's great to hear. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like the other side of New York because you know why? New York is green, Caesar, every single day of the week, That's right? That's right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. New York is green. And we did get bragging rights that night. We beat NYCFC because of our boy Danny Satella. And Danny, congrats. On your uh, no, yeah, congrats to Danny once again proposing to his uh, fiance. That was that was great. Yeah, it was, and thanks to the five points, you're getting it done as well with your tifo saying, uh, "Will you marry me?" Uh, yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we we always told Danny, "Look, you need us. We're there." And uh, he asked something of us, and we were happy to oblige. Yeah, that's always great to hear. And we beat NYCFC thanks to Danny Satella, and uh, yep, we went. Sure. Yeah, we went to the next round and played the New England Revolution, and that was the worst night ever, Caesar. You're up 3 yeah. 1. 3 1 yep. against the New England Revolution. 3 1 against mm-hmm. an MLS side. And we were about to go through to the next round and make some history while we're at it as well. And I think Jimmy Mauer made a mistake the first time, and someone else made a mistake. It probably was Moffitt or something like that. Yep. And we were down. Yeah, he turned the ball over. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I was so mad that night. I couldn't believe it at all. I was not at the match, but I was pretty mad. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, it was stunning. It happened kind of fast, too. I think both of New England's goals happened within three or four minutes. Yeah, and they didn't start their star players. They brought them on right when they were losing. They were like, we're not going to get right. disrespected by the Cosmos. And they were right. right. They brought on their stars, and they were like, we're not going to lose this game. And they didn't. It's, it's it's one of those games that you just want to forget. Yeah, and I think that's the hardest part for the Cosmos is trying to forget that uh, that mess up in the Open Cup mm-hmm. and trying to mm-hmm. go into your fall season because if you look so hard on the Open Cup, you might mess up your fall season and never win the fall season or never qualify for the championship. So if you don't put your Open Cup mess to the side, then you might not even make the championship. So... Thank God they well, put everything know, I, to the side. I, and I may sound like a broken record, but I go back again to just crediting Gio. You yeah. know, because mm-hmm. you have something like that, like you described, that it may be difficult to bounce back and focus on the fall. But he, he, he got his place together you know, and, and get them focused on thinking with a winning mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that, but you can imagine, you know, as fans, we've been frustrated with all the off-field question marks Imagine if you're a player, you know, and, and, and you're seeing all these things in the public, you're reading about all this, you're not seeing any answers, but yet he's kept them focused. He's kept them thinking about winning and playing and, and, and you know, doing it for the fans, and he's managed to do it. If I was a player, I think I would just be questioning my bosses every day, like, what's going to happen next season? What's going to happen? Right. Where are we going to play? Am I still going to have a paycheck? You know what I mean? Like, these are questions they need to be answering, like... 
if you were uncertain about your job, I, I would hope they would be worried. But probably some of these right. players are like, well, I don't care. I'm going to go play for this team next season if we're not here so or if I don't have a job. Again, you know, Gio has a knack of getting into his players' heads and, and, and making them perform. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, one time, you know, we as supporters last year, we were like, oh, you know, we're, we're done with Hop. We hate Hofstra. We don't like this. We don't like that. You know, but he just flat out said, look, these players may not like the turf. They may not like this about Hofstra. They may not like that. But it's home. And you you play your heart out no matter where you are. And he has to do the same. And we've done that ever since. Yeah, talking about Hofstra being a home, it's probably because we've been going there for a couple of years. Uh, but it, it sort of feels like a home in a way, like not the proper home that you want, but just a, a place where the players are used to playing and where the fans are not really liking it and not really used to it in a way. But I, I don't know. It's a nice venue if you are going to be there for a year or two, not if you're going to be there for 20 years. So, yeah. Look, the, I mean, as supporters, we have our, our issues with it. But, um, you know, time is going to tell, you know, if you turn around and wherever home is next year and you win your first five matches, you forget about Hofstra easily. But if you lose your first five matches there, everyone's going to be like, go back to Hofstra. Hofstra very quickly. Yeah, go back to Hofstra, secure that, like, no tomorrow. Yeah. Hofstra wants that tell. paycheck. Yep. Yeah. So, late in the fall season... Uh, our not so friendly people at Miami FC uh, bought Hunter Freeman from us, which was reported as a six-figure transfer fee. So we got paid really well for him, uh, which I probably would have asked for some more because he he's a quality defender, but he's a bit older. So right. maybe that's why we only got six figures for our man Hunter Freeman. Gabriel Farfan went as well because he was on loan from a league on Mex side. I thought it was for the full season, but maybe it was just for half the season. I'm not pretty sure on that one. And mm-hmm. we were trying to renew it, but then Miami FC was like, no, we're just going to buy him from you. And that team was like, okay, yeah, buy him from us. So we got messed up that time as well. Uh, and that transfer fee I don't think was reported uh, by the media, whoever knows what's going on with Miami FC. So that was pretty sad. We like Farfan was not involved that much, but he was a midfielder and a defender, so he could play both positions. And uh, Hunter Freeman was here since day one, and he felt like a part of the family, like how Gio always says family, family. He was a part of that family, and I think I still miss him, but right where we got Ryan Richter, it was like, wow, this guy's really good. Like I never thought we were going to replace Hunter Freeman during the season. I thought we were going to get a proper replacement during the offseason. But we got someone right in the middle of the fall season, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's another example there of, of Gio and his staff doing what they do best. You know, you, mm-hmm. you lose Freeman. Reversio was hurt at the time. Mendes had sat a game or two at the time. And you're looking at your defense like, what's going to happen here? And they, yeah. and they go out and they get a couple of acquisitions. And... uh we're still pretty solid defensively. Mm-hmm. Now, Reversio is starting to come back. He's, he's he's playing minutes. And all of a sudden, you're in good shape going into the postseason. Yeah, mm-hmm. And the last game of the season, or the last game where it sort of meant something for us, was against 
the Armada at Jacksonville. We've never won there before, which was is very shocking yeah, because they beat us and they get so excited. And any team should get excited when you beat one of the best teams in the league. Uh, and going there, I was pretty nervous because I was like, how are we going to beat this team? We're not good on the road. And they beat us once before at their ground. So I was like, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. I sort of was confident in the team. And then we go down, and we were not playing well. But then, like what Caesar said earlier, Juan Arango is the man every single day, every single match. Two free kicks. And my issue with the other goalkeeper, no matter who we're playing, is when you know Juan Arango is going to step up and take a free kick, right? You have to watch some video of sort of like how Marco Senna was setting up Every single match last season. You have to know what he's about to do. He's going to score every single time. But it's hard. You can't really judge where is he going to go. What is he going to do. But every goalkeeper, it looks like they didn't know what was going to happen. Like when he scored the winner, uh, the Jacksonville goalkeeper was like, he was never expecting it. It's very shocking. That's the thing with him is that, you know, he, he's, he's, Stays after practice, and he he takes free kicks from everywhere, and he's just over the years practiced and 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 you know perfected taking shots from all angles, placing them on all parts of the net, and he can basically take any free kick that is given to him, and goalies don't know what to expect from him. Yeah, it's great to have him around. And Chet Messing, I don't know if you watch like the broadcasts. I don't know when he usually says this, but he says it most of the time. And he says, like, every time Juan scores, he says, well, uh, this might be his last season, so he wants to go out on top. Do you really believe this might be his last season? Hard to tell. I mean, to me, he looks like he can still play a couple more. So Yeah, he has I it. Mean, you know, this is a good example right here of can the Cosmos do something to retain a quality player like him and maybe have another quality player join him next year. But what do you think is going to... Juan Arango is huge. Yeah? I mean, it, can you retain him from one year to the next? But right. it's probably... You Raul go last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name escapes me now. Uh, Gaston... Um, Celerino, Celerino. That guy was on fire. They should have kept him around. And they, let, and they let him go. Yeah. You know, so I mean... You, again, this goes back to the 70s and 80s. If you retain one player, you get the next guy, to marquee guy that is, to come and play along that other marquee player, and all of a sudden you start to build a, a nice squad. Yeah. They haven't been able to do that. But what, when we had Raul around, I think when he was getting ready to retire, you saw like all his friends abroad, and they were saying, mm-hmm. like they were saluting him that he had a great career and all that. But it was sort of cool because all these clubs were acknowledging the Cosmos. So maybe his friends down the line, maybe they would ask him, oh, what club did you play at in New York? Or or I want to go play there, say, four years from now or whatever. Uh, that might help us down the line, no? But if you don't have the money to sign those players. Yeah, but hopefully we do. All those players could come. Right. That's what I think we can all hope for is that they get the front office right, whether it's in personnel finances, whatever the case may be, and just start pressing the right buttons. But the only way we have the money is if we're having a stadium or if we're having 
a facility, no matter if it's ours or a temporary home that's being filled every week. I mean, you can go out, get sponsorships. You can go out, get TV deals to make money. Stadiums are not the end all. Okay. Sure. They're a big portion of it, but you know, let's look at these other clubs in the league. They, they have money somehow. Maybe it's deep pocket investors. I don't know how Miami has their money. Oh yeah. Their owner, he sold his company for a billion dollars. Right, so maybe we need to go find an owner or a partner that has some deep pockets. So Seamus O'Brien needs to sell one world sports for that money, which he's probably not going to do it. <laughs> I don't know how much money uh, darts and crickets will get you, but uh, maybe. Yeah. Now they're showing like the Chinese-American Football League. It's like Arena Football League, but in yeah. China. That's pretty cool, man. Like I really like it, but the games are on at 2 a.m. sports is a channel that I've been putting on when I come home late after drinks on a long night. And I just put on Marvel Sports. Does it pass time? you're playing the Cosmos. Yeah, then, and I just say to myself, "What the hell is this?" And I goes <laughs> off to sleep. They show darts. They show crickets. Well, what? Right. Uh, cricket, not crickets. Um, what else they show? Oh, Chinese basketball. I don't even know. Some type of hockey abroad. <laughs> Man, I might be the only Cosmos supporter that actually watches the channel. So. Uh, I feel like, like I said, when I come home after night of drinks, unless you're playing the Cosmos, I will put that on and I will fall asleep. Okay. <laughs> so thanks, Shane, Mr. Brian, for that one. Uh, yeah. But let's end it and say that against the Armada, we secured the final, I mean, not the final, we secured the fall season trophy uh, plate, the Cosmos called it today on their Twitter. They said, we won a plate, which is very embarrassing on Twitter. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, we won thanks to all the results going our way, and we won the fall season, so that's great to see. Thanks, Armada, for uh, not saving that uh, free kick. That would have been crazy because we played Miami. Game didn't count. We knocked out Miami. We played Minnesota. Great match. Eric Calvillo gets his first goal in a Cosmos shirt. And I think... Yeah, he... good to see Eric get a goal. I mean, uh, he, he was at a lot of viewing parties this year. Yeah. Over at Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. Westbury. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's a good kid. You know, he's very... He's got a lot of enthusiasm. And it showed when he was sitting there watching the games with us. So it's, it's, good, to, it's good to see him get his first goal this past week. Yeah, and I think he is the youngest Cosmos player in the modern history to score a goal in a Cosmos shirt. So that was pretty, pretty cool to see. And I think Haji Ray, he didn't score a goal in the NASL. I think he only scored it in the uh, U.S. Open Cup action. Open Cup. Yeah, so it's weird because when you have a a young player around, you think, well, he's going to be around for the future for the Cosmos, right? But he's not. He had his mind on Schalke, which I I don't blame him. I don't blame Haji Ray going to Europe. I would love to go to Europe, too, if I I was a player. Personally, I heard that rumbling from the first day that he signed here. Yeah, but I was not entitled to those information at that time. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, you know, what he did. And um, look, you know, at least he had a chance to say he was on the Cosmos, you know, early part of his career. Who knows? Maybe they still have a relationship with him, and, and somewhere down the line he rejoins the club. Yeah, he played with the Cosmos B the first year it started. So so that was pretty cool. And I think he won the yeah. title with them too as well, uh, which was the first silverware for Cosmos B. The last thing we're going to touch on is uh, the Cosmos under their Under Armour deal, right? They At the kit launch, Eric Stover, and again, we're talking about that guy, uh, <laughs> and, and what he said, 
he sort or like him and the guy from Under Armour. I don't know what role he plays within the company, but he was sort of saying that uh, it's going to be in stores around the local area. It's going to be around the country, around the country. Uh, and I don't know if they even say international. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. They're only in upper 90, right? They're only in. But they have been. They yeah. have been in some models. Yes, yeah, select models. Um, select models locations. Right. I think if you look in, in models now, it's starting to um, you're starting to see more models around the New York City area. But the problem is the way it usually works in models is the club has to pay the marquee racks like that are right up in your face when you walk in. So we haven't done that. So what you'll find in the Cosmos jerseys are kind of like in an obscure corner all the way in the back of the store. That sucks. Meaning you have to go look for the jersey yeah, if yeah, they yeah. even have them. And, and then when you so ask the employee, what you want. yeah, when you, you when you ask the employee, do you have the Cosmos jerseys? What's the Cosmos? <laughs> it's yeah, pretty when you have embarrassing. Have a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds working there that are not soccer fans. They're probably not going to know they they even carry the jerseys. And the biggest thing that I really hate is like the models in Times Square. Uh, you see David Villa, right? A massive poster. And and that's probably because MLS is the deal, probably with Adidas, probably gets them that. But right. the, the Cosmos don't have that. Maybe okay, we're not going to have a poster on Models. Maybe we're going to have a massive right. poster on the Under Armour store. Maybe uh, Juan Arango, for example. But, but that hasn't even happened. Yeah, it hasn't happened. And it makes me upset right. sometimes as well. So... I, Again, I, I don't another know. thing that Eric Stover said that hasn't happened. Yeah, this show really is all about what the club has to do. You know what I mean? All like everything the club has to do if they want to employ us and and and, and uh, let us fix the club that we love. We'll do it, man. We'll do it in a second. Right. Uh, right. And and they have to establish themselves as a sort of global brand. We try to, and I think the only reason we're saying we're a global brand. Is because of our history and our name, but every single day we're losing that. Everyone's forgetting. Oh yeah, right. Pelé played for us. Kanaya played for us. People are, are going to forget right. that, and we have to make them understand that Juan Arango is playing for us now. We had Raúl. We had Marco Senna, and these are people that should be aligning themselves with our club, but they're not. On Marco Senna's side, he's with Villarreal. You have uh, Raúl. He's still in New York. But he's working with Real, uh, with La Liga. He's their North American right. ambassador, and that's what hurts as no, well. The, relevant, the relevancy of the club is, is, is slipping day by day and you know, drastically. So um, the only thing I can you know hope and pray is that you know look we're in the pro season here. Obviously, winning the whole NASL title is is, is huge. Um, I'm hearing that it's going to be the final, that is, if we make it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be on CBS Sports, which is huge. National TV, that's get the money, right? Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, if it is, that's great exposure. Yeah, and the semifinal and, is going to um, be on a tape delay the next day, uh, the Indy 11 right. FC Edmonton match. Yep. So, yeah, also, you know, the, the devil side of me is also hoping that um, the Red Bulls and Aaron. And that other team in New York lose their respective playoff series that they're playing it right now. They're both down their legs, and that we're the only New York City team remaining in the postseason. But do you think if that happens, 
do you think we still get media attention throughout the mainstream media? The mainstream media. So you know, the that's local... something really for the front office to go out and seek. But the problem is that we don't have people covering us. Do you go and beg people to cover us? Do you explain what Maybe we are? You tell them about the matches. How, how are you going to get them covered? Yeah, we need some type of now, coverage. So. so maybe we just need to beg Tina Servasio to go talk about it on her segment on Fox or whatever. No, you know, you pick up the phone, you, you call a daily sports writer, New York Post sports writer, uh, New York One, whomever. <laughs> New York One, man. Sheesh. Whomever, I, I don't know, you know, NBC Sports, it's... I mean, NBC oh, Sports like talks amazing. about the NASL on their site somewhat. So, yeah. <laughs> and people talking about the NASL is very slim, but ESPN FC has to be the one that leads the charge. They have to be. But when you click, the... I mean, they, they they make they make snippets about it here and there. I think they uh, actually had Danny Satella's proposal. Yeah, yeah, um, that they, was they on. Made a comment about that. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about it is when you click the NASL page on uh, ESPN FC, they, they don't have any articles. They just have the highlights. Yeah. Is that a start? You know what I mean? Like, is that where we should be heading, just highlights? Because when you click the other top flight leagues, they have news coverage. So I don't know. Well, that, that, that really goes to, you know, to someone covering the league. They need to have someone dedicated covering the league in order to write more than just highlights. But maybe for them, it doesn't bring in the money. Like, maybe the NASL is not so important compared to, say, well, it's not. Like, the Premier League, Serie A, France, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that important to them. Maybe, okay, just highlights are yeah, good enough for us. Yeah, decide which leagues to focus on, but... Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Well, they probably nice focus on MLS here, so every yeah. single day, probably, so it's a sad reality. Yeah. A sad reality. So the Cosmos hosting Radio OKC at the weekend. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, Cosmos playing at Hofstra Short Stadium for potentially Caesar the last time this season. So if you want to be part of history and uh, experience the last match of the best home that we've had and our only home for the past couple of years, uh, you can go and buy some tickets. And I think they have a deal. It's probably over, but they had a deal like bring your your uh, gear for some type of uh, youth team, right? And you can get 50% off tickets or something like that. So that's pretty cool for some fans. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple of deals for uh, the semifinal match, So, which, which is, you know, it's great. You know, if they're trying to pack the stadium as much as possible, not just for the semifinal match, but because it's the final home game at, at Hofstra for yeah. mm-hmm. who knows how long, if ever, you know? Yeah, so the last question is, uh, are we going to get an announcement sometime soon uh, regarding the short-term home? And if we do, where do you think it's going to be? Your opinion. My opinion is, it, it's personally, <laughs> I would love for it to be Mitchell Field. Oh, okay. It's close to Long Island. I think you've already built a Long Island base. But I know a lot of supporters are like, look, Long Island's not working. So the only logical place would be MCU. Yeah. But at the same time, you're talking about kind of rebooting the team if you go to MCU in Brooklyn. There's two sides of this. Uh, There's... And, and, I mean, to reboot again, so to speak, in Brooklyn, 
Well, let's face it. Other clubs in New York have already kind of put a foothold there. Yeah. I just I worry that it's going to be a struggle and a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we end up with more struggle and challenge, and don't gain attendance numbers, this could hurt the club long term. Yeah, they need to go somewhere where they're not competing with other professional sport teams. So right. right now we're not competing with anyone, but no one's showing up. I personally would like it to be MCU only because I think it provides a better atmosphere for a soccer match. But no matter where they end up, next year is going to be a challenge. And, and I really hope that the front office is up for it and really takes it head on and, and does it the right way. Because let's face it, they've done a very subpar job this year. No matter where they go, they need to sort of change the philosophy. They need to market like no tomorrow. They need to market as much right. as NYCFC markets their club. And they do it you know, crazy. And, 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 and you kind of hit on that because there's so many times where I hear from different you know aspects of the front office, well, we don't want to do that because we don't know what the feedback's going to be. <laughs> no, you go out there That's and crazy. you make people want it, whatever it is. Yeah, sell the product. Promotion, whether it's a ticket sale, whether it's a piece of merchandise, whatever, you know, make them want it. Yeah. And then you have some people just going door to door, just trying to sell the club. You know, that's crazy. You're not in. Don't worry about is the outcome not going to be up to par. Just push it, sell it. But sometimes, like when you think of what the Cosmos are doing marketing wise. It feels like they think they're in a different market. It feels like they think they're in like a small town. You have millions of people. Other clubs. Well, maybe, that's, maybe that's the enigma that is Long Island. Maybe maybe that's what needs to change. You know, a lot of people will tell you that. So you think they only market to Long Island or to that area? or? Well, I think, again, what Eric Stover said <laughs> early in the year was that they were kind of focusing on a radius I forget the miles. I think it was 10 or 15 miles around Stewart Stadium. That's crazy. That's and, what they were focusing on. And last year, they had a billboard next to Red Bull Arena. Which next to cool. Red Bull Arena. No, that's cool. I live in Jersey, so I was like, yes, Cosmos Country. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. But I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe just some banter going across the with the two teams, like this is our territory or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, it was a little shot, you know, for Open Cup and all that, which was cool. But yeah, so need to do more of that. Yeah, so more marketing, Cosmos, please. Uh, so let's just end this Caesar with your thoughts on the semifinal. Do you think the Cosmos are going to go through? Of course you do. Uh, but what's your well, scoreline I mean, prediction? Look, we, we've talked a lot about what the club did negatively this year, um, but I think you know that's be a bit positive. It's funny because. Yeah, you know, that's kind of how I, I, a lot of the conversations that I had with the supporters this past year, you know, especially now in the fall where we've had so many questions unanswered, you know, we talk a lot about negative and the things that we don't know about the future and what the club could be doing better. But again, I go back to Geo. I go back to the players. They're arguably the best in North America right now. And they're going for a championship. And whether this is our last game of Hofstra or not, regardless, if you love the badge, you've got to come out and support these guys because they're doing everything that they should be doing and then some on the pitch. 
Never mind what the brass is doing behind the scenes in the front office. He just got to come out and support these guys. And yeah. that's exactly how the five points is approaching it. I mm-hmm. mean, this is our last home match at Hofstra. Hopefully. This is going to be a party like no other. Um, that we'll, means we'll the five points have tons of tricks up their sleeves and everything. Yeah, no, we're just going to go out and have a good time. Look, this is a celebration. You know, I mean, when you look back on it, we've had so many good memories at Hofstra because of this club. I mean, whether we like what goes on at Hofstra or not, you know, with security or whatever, you put that aside, you know. Yeah. I mean, you look at so many things that have happened at Hofstra. You know, the, the win against Red Bull and NYCFC in the Open Cups. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we won a championship last year on the home pitch. That was probably the best night so ever, right? So many good times there. So many good times, you know. I mean, opening days there where Pele came out. Um, they're great times at Hofstra, you know. So I think, you know, like kind of when you graduate high school or whatever, it's like a graduation day. It's your final day. You're not coming back. You know, it's, it's going to be a big celebration. And that, yeah. and hopefully it ends in us winning and advancing to the final. If it doesn't, so, you know, uh, if, if you have any questions out there about, oh, you know, this front office, they stink, they annoy me, blah blah blah, brush that aside. I mean, seriously, because I mean, these players and Geo, they they deserve our support on ten percent. Um, we'll be out there drumming and singing and hooting and hollering like never before. And if you haven't, you know, come down and been a part of five points, it may be the last game at Hofstra, maybe the second to last game of the season, but the five points is a long way to go wherever we end up next year. So it's never too late to join us. Come on down to the tailgate. Say hi to me. Say hi to some of the other guys there. Come down, have some food, learn some songs, sit with us. Let's have some fun. Yeah, so... He said it the best, <laughs> the best closing right there. Uh, be positive, guys. Be positive. We've been a bit negative. That's what it's all about. But I've been fed up with the club, sort of the whole season, and this was my venting right now. So hopefully you guys can yeah, understand no, that. It's, it's all good. Look, you take it from someone like me. Like you're a young guy, right? Yeah. You're following the club now. You know, take it from someone like me that that knew the club 30 years ago. We're just excited they came back. And we would love to see the club the way it was 30 years ago. But even back then, they weren't built in two or three years. It took time, you know, to come up and be the best club in North America. Granted, the landscape's different now and maybe tougher. But, you know, maybe they're on their way to that. Yeah. And it's better to have them here now than not to have them at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and hopefully they can be around for a long time, right? So that's the hope, and uh, that's why I'm a bit concerned. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Caesar, for coming on the show. You can follow him on Twitter. Yeah, at Cosmo Soccer Fan. Follow me and at at, at Cosmo Soccer Fan. And you could also follow the Five Points at Five Underscore Points Underscore NYC. Yeah, you should just give him a follow because you know what he's doing. He's tweeting all about the New York Cosmos. And, and telling everyone that New York is green, right? Uh, it's really That's right. And, fo- and yeah, yeah. for all the fans out there, like I said, whether you're supporters or not, come out to the match this weekend. Come out to the final if we make it to the final, which you know we will. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. And uh, come out to the tailgate. We'll have some food. We're right outside uh, what is it, Gate A, I think it is, right? Gate A. Really we'll sure. have some raffles there. Good time. 
Yeah. So thank you for coming on the show, and I really appreciate it, Caesar. No problem. Thanks for having me, John. Thanks to Caesar Trellis for coming on this week's show. I really appreciate it. You can follow him on Twitter at Cosmos Soccer Fan. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at First Team Pod. We changed our Twitter name from at One Team Pod to at First Team Pod. So make sure you don't forget about us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook as well at First Team Pod. So we wanted to align ourselves the same name on both social media platforms. Also on Instagram, we are at First Team Pod One. Lastly, we're going to have another episode towards the end of the week. Looking forward to the semifinal match against Rayo OKC. We are going to have someone from Rayo OKC. Not a player, not uh, someone within the club, but someone uh, that supports the team and a great conversation with him. So hopefully you guys stay tuned for that one. Well, hopefully you guys enjoy that one as well because it's going to be very fun to look ahead to the semifinal matchup. Lastly, we are on numerous platforms, and we are going to have this on Twitter. We're going to put this on our website, and we are going to promote it as well because we want to get you listening on numerous platforms. If you don't have iTunes or if you don't listen on Stitcher Radio, we are on other platforms as well. We are on TuneIn Radio, which is an app that you can download for free on both app uh, markets, the Android and iOS, and we are also on Over cast so that is just for apple which is an app you can download to just listen to our podcast so thank you everyone for joining us on this week's show and i'll see you guys or you can hear my voice towards the end of the week so thank you everyone for tuning in and i'll talk to you guys real soon and as always let's go new york cosmos yeah just want to give a shout out to the five points Borough boys of Benadol Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we believe you see in fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely songs come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it, rap from tear tax, passion, bliss. Reacts, tap, we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, going back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views. Like Shouting cues allowed to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'm checking that's no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about profession. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless at the training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.